My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My next guest is Daniel Carcillo. He is the founder and chief executive officer of Wasana Health, a biotechnology company focused on developing the novel therapies of tomorrow and delivering new care paradigms for today. Daniel is a well-known speaker and advocate on behalf of traumatic brain injury, TBI, survivors and people dealing with mental health challenges. Mr. Carcillo played in the NHL, which we all know, that little circle, can be uh, a train wreck, as they say. reason I say it's a train wreck because his nickname, <laughs> Carbon, Carbon, during his 10-year NHL career for his explosive plant on the ice, known for protecting his teammates. They call that an enforcer. Okay, in basketball, they got him. In football, they got him. But in hockey and basketball, you, those, two, those two, their word pops up a lot. Mr. Daniel helped Chicago win two Stanley Club championships with the Blackhawks, but a great personal cost to himself. We'll talk about with Sana Health and the price you can pay for being an enforcer in NHL. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Mr. Daniel Cosillo. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Um, let's talk about. I'm going to tell you my hockey. I'm. A, I'm. A, I love all sports. Okay, and I, I was in New York. Uh, I was. I think that was in New York in '90. Went to my first hockey game. Was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. I, the one. There's two shows going on at a hockey game, Daniel. You can probably you on the ice, but there's also a show that goes on in the stands. Okay, and it, it, the the hockey crowd. I think it was the most rowdy group of people I've ever been in the stands with. Okay, I've been to the baseball games. I've been to the football games. I've been to the basketball games. Okay, but that hockey fan, beer drinking was extreme, and women were the rowdiest I've ever seen in any sports setting with the women. I was like actually stunned, Daniel, at the beer drinking and the rowdiness of the women. Okay, that's mm-hmm. my experience in the stands. Then you're dealing with this tremendous uh, volatile sport or violent sports, you can say, at times very graceful. Call ice. How did you get involved with the as a young hockey player? What attracted you to the sport? So I grew up in Canada, and you know, as soon as you get born, you can walk. You get put on skates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started at uh, three years old, and one of the things that attracted me to the sport was just being able to move with a group of guys towards one goal because you have to move in, in synchronicity. 
uh, towards that common goal. Whoever's more connected uh, will ultimately win the game. And and then there was also this other aspect of, you know, you mentioned uh, going to hockey games. There's no out of bounds. Uh, it's like MMA on skates and you're <laughs> legally allowed to hit somebody when, when they have the puck. So I was definitely attracted to the aggressive nature of the sport as well. Well, the aggressive nature. I wanted to ask you that. For now, I'm going back to my experience at the at the at the, at the hockey game. So I'm enjoying the movement, the the, the 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 gracefulness. Then all of a sudden, at the other end of the hockey, there's a fight going on that had nothing to do with the other end of the net. I was I would tell you as as a as a fan, I was like, what the heck? What is going on? But everybody in the stands like, wow, yes, yeah, yeah. This I'm as a I'm, I'm as a first timer, and I've been to more hockey games since then. Was like like caught off. I never really I really understand how that played a role into it, and people started educating. That's what hockey is. They do that. That's how it goes like that. Explain to me what you being called car bomb because I'm pretty sure you one of the guys at the other end of the ice, and I was like confused as to what were you doing. What was going on there? Daniel. So we have in hockey, you have four lines of forwards. Uh So you have uh, six forwards, two lines that are essentially your skill guys that are uh, quote unquote untouchable. Mm -hmm. And then you have your third and fourth line who are more grinders who, who wear the other skill guys down. So Mm -hmm. one of my jobs was to be an antagonist was to ensure that the other team knew not to take any shots at our top six guys so there's a little bit of an unwritten code because then I wouldn't take shots at theirs. And if wow. that did happen, then, you know, um, I had a pretty unpredictable nature to myself. So you would have to answer to me. And, and if their guy took shots at, you know, one of our skill guys, you'd think that I would go after the enforcer when, in fact, I would, you know, take the next shift and my coach would probably put me on the top six line and I would go after one of their skill guys. So kind of tit for tat, get their guys, instead of thinking about scoring goals, distracted by me and, and trying to trying to keep their head on straight. Yeah. In baseball, that would be, if, if, if their star player got hit, then the next inning, when their player comes, they can hit him with a baseball. That's the right. rule. Yep. Now, now, a lot of people are trying to outlaw that. Now, in hockey, the, the model of what you just spoke to me, is that still the norm or are people trying to shy away from that, especially with being on TV so much nowadays? Yeah, so I think that there's there's a lot of backlash, but I think we have to remember how the game was founded. Yes, sir. Ultimately, there's a regular season, but that regular season is all set up to get to the playoffs to then win the Stanley Cup. And the Stanley Cup is a seven-game series, right? Four rounds of, of seven games. So at the end of the day, there is always this aspect of taking somebody's will to play away. Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is you, you lean on them with, with physicality. Obviously, you have to score more goals to win the game. But over that period of time, you have to make sure that there's, there's a nice meld of physicality and skill. And so I don't know if it'll ever you know, be out of the game, but there's definitely less fighting nowadays, which... I think is a positive thing. And there's no more enforcers in the sense of the word. There's guys that can fight if something does happen. And uh, so it's trending in the right direction, being that, you know, now they're on ESPN and TNT and you have some TV deals and 
really people, I think in, in Canada still, there's the purists of the sport where they want to see the fighting, but to attract new fans to the game, I think the game is trending in the right direction where, where we're moving away from that. Right. The reason we, 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 this is what just taking to this conversation, that whole circle and how you can just run up to a player and just pin them against the ice and you moving at a hundred miles an hour. And sometimes they don't see them that, 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 that coming and it can lead to an ultimate collision or smash up against the rink itself. And those collisions are what leads us to the conversation we're having today. Those, those, uh, you know, you see them in football, you know, a running back is coming through the line. Another player is meeting him at the same impactful moment. That's causing brain damage. Uh, and, and it's causing people starting to do tests. Some people are dying and asking, can we get that player's brain so we can do research on that? Is that where we're at with Wasana? Yeah. So I think that donating your brain for research is really important. Unfortunately, that happens after men have passed away. Uh, with a history of repetitive head trauma, there's never been anybody found to have a chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is a neurodegenerative disease similar to Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, and dementia, where eventually a tau protein takes over your brain and you're unable to do the normal tasks um, of an everyday human being. And when these symptoms start to arise and there's little to no education or awareness or understanding, right. then you have people... Uh, passing away and trying to cope in a, in a number of different various ways. So I think that the settlement with the NFL really opened a lot of people's eyes uh, and in the community of hockey to speaking about how not only the concussive hits uh, are affecting individuals after they're done playing and during, but also how these sub-concussive hits are, are affecting people over a longer period of time. So they've done things like move the age of hitting up um, to incur less damage, et cetera. But uh, we are definitely in a brain eccentric age. If you look at all supplementations and, and even outside of the sporting world, everybody's really focused on, on the brain. And so, you know, I think making sure that people that the men playing the sports are aware of, of the risk and then making sure that they have the proper treatment uh, to recover during the sport right. and then after uh, having the proper resources to rely on, I think is extremely important. And it's one of our goals, absolutely, mm -hmm. to raise awareness for that and for traumatic brain injury. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. You know, I, was, I just recently saw a special. I want to make sure I get the team. I believe it was the Red Wings versus the Avalanche. Correct, yeah. And uh, and so, you know, and my wife, you know, she doesn't even watch hockey. And it was, so, it was such a compelling series, plus a violent series, too. You know, it was like, you know, it was like, you know, you was, you was, oh, you was blown away because of the fact that, you know, here were two of the violent individuals that were sitting, sharing the stage as warriors who can actually sit next to each other and be civil. How did you translate you being this, you know, you don't get a name like, uh, you know, Car Bomb unless you're doing something out there. How did that translate? I know your teammates got you. How did it translate away from the court with your competitors or the other teams in the league? 
So it's, it's funny guys that did my job were usually the closest we'd run into each other at, you know, bars or mm-hmm. afterwards at, um, other events and shake hands and hug. And it was just all part of, of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all understood. It's similar to the confusion that you see. I'm sure some people get when MMA fighters are clapping each other and hugging <laughs> immediately after mm-hmm. the fight. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Hockey's um, very much like MMA on skates. I think that's why it's so compelling and exciting when you go and watch it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's such a different experience to when you're watching it on TV. Uh, but we get on we get on pretty well, and we understand that you know we are gladiators in a sense that um, we're programmed to suffer and to take damage for the good of the team. Right. And however that looks, if that looks like fighting somebody, then so be it. If it looks like laying down, blocking a hundred mile an hour slap shot. Um, however, we can get to the final goal of, <laughs> of winning. Uh-huh. Uh, it's all, it's all a part of that game. Let me, let me just, just, I know the interview is about this, but I just want to get your feedback. Did I saw that and I was just, taken away by the violence and then the teamwork and the camaraderie of it. Uh, a person like you who was not part of that and saw that, what was your takeaway? Was it too much violence? Did you say wow sometimes? Go, oh my God. When you watch that 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 that, that special that was put, put on by ESPN, the uh, Red Birds, I mean, the Red Wings versus the Avalanche. Yeah, so that's how I learned the game. Uh, I watched <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em videos and right. I watched these men be gladiators out there. And, mm-hmm. and the game was, again, like much different back then than it is today, right? Where it's trending in a different direction. But when I came up, I'm only 37 years old. Mm-hmm. It was very much like that, mm-hmm. where you would start games, the puck would drop and you'd have two guys fighting right away. And so, um, you know, there's a couple of things that bring people out of their seats. And, and one of them that brings everybody out of their seats is a fight. Yes. So, um, and their fights, were, their fights were legendary. Their fights yeah. were, woo! Oh, line brawls, right? Yeah. You, so you saw less of like five guys fighting and bench clearing brawls, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It still happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, to make the game, to grow the game yes, outside sir. of, you know, the six Canadian teams that we have and, and outside of Colorado mm-hmm. and these original six teams, Chicago, Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, we have to, the game has to evolve. And that's that's definitely what's what's happening now. Cool. I'm speaking to Daniel Carcillo. Uh He's the two-time uh, Stanley Cup champion with the Chicago Blackhawks. What year did you win those those, those titles? So I lost to them in 2010 with the Flyers, and mm-hmm. then I ended up signing with them in 2012. I won a cup in 2013. I was, in, I thought so. I was in Chicago. I was managing Steve Harvey at the time, and okay. we were doing the talk show in Chicago. I said he probably was up there when I was up there and won, won those titles up there. Boy, that yep. city was on fire, man. Because we did our talk show the first season, 2012, and y'all won it, and then y'all won it again, man. That city was on fire about the Blackhawks, man. It was. Yeah, it was a really amazing time to be a Blackhawk, to be in the city. Uh, It really was one of the modern dynasties because you don't see many teams winning three times within a eight year period. And a very, very special time. So so now now you're out of hockey. And so let's say you play the game to play the game. You play the game to win. You play the game because God gave you a talent. When you start realizing that something's not right. 
in the game that you're playing? When did you start realizing that, Daniel? So when I signed with the Blackhawks, uh, I made an intention to not, you know, manage my symptoms with, you know, alcohol, opiates, um, tortorol, cortisol, these anti-inflammatories that most athletes are on. So that was at 25. And when I got to the Blackhawks, I met Steve Monador, uh, who was seven years sober and he'd been through 16 traumatic brain injuries at that time. And we were kind of just, um, we, we became really, really fast friends and, and stayed by each other's side for the next five years. Uh, in 2013, Steve got cleared for four concussions in a 12 week period. And he, so at that point he had 19 and he started to really suffer. And I started to see very similar symptoms in myself that he had. And then what are those symptoms, Daniel? Can you tell us who does what those symptoms were that you started noticing? Yeah. So things like light sensitivity, slurred speech, headache, head pressure, insomnia, impulse control issues, appetite loss, short term, long term memory loss, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. Mm. There was. um, Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host. Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Campbell. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, they're pretty serious symptoms, and it's it's kind of the first onset of dementia. And when you're experiencing that at 33, 34, while you're still playing, and I'm watching my friend who then retired uh, really accelerate his uh, degradation, if you will, um, I, I just looked at myself, and I just had my son in 2014. 2015, February, Steve passed away, and then... He was found to have a stage three CTE, which is a pretty progressive stage uh, for him only being 34. So at the end of that year, we ended up winning again, but I ended up 
suffering pretty bad. And then I got my seventh concussion in March and for reasons that I made for my family and for myself, I decided to, to retire and step away. And then I've since been on this eight year brain health journey to recover my brain quality of life. And it's mm -hmm. brought me across a number of different treatments and tools and modalities that I've been able to luckily share with, with the following that I have. Well, you know, the interesting thing about it, when this interview opportunity was, was presented itself to me, you know, I, you know, coming off mental health month, coming off mental health and minorities, and, and we're coming off so many layers of trying to get the message across, Daniel, is that the football, pro football has done a good job of getting the word out that we have a problem. You know, we have a problem. They've talked about high school. They've talked about middle school, changing the way you tackle, you know, not tackling with your head. All these things have been put in place. And I felt that at least just should allow you to start telling your story, the mm. NHL story. Because changes don't happen if it's just only a few people hear about it. And right. I hope that my platform allows more people to hear about it. What are you trying to get out the most doing this interview about the Wasana Health? platform as well as the experiences that may need to happen within the NHL for it to be a safer but still entertaining league. Yeah, so as far as the NHL goes, I'm really not trying to do anything to change any rules. Okay. I just want because damage is going to happen. So I just want individuals in the league, outside of the league, if you have kids, to know that there's things that you can do to train your brain, mm -hmm. to increase processing speed, hand-eye coordination, mm -hmm. as well as peripheral vision. Because unfortunately right now, there's only a couple things that can protect your brain from mm -hmm. further injury, which is seeing the hit coming and bracing for it so that you stop the whiplash effect, effectively stopping the damage of your brain sloshing around in a rigid skull. And then things like CBD, which is a patented neuroprotectant patented right. by the U.S. government in 2003, the only patented neuroprotectant on Earth. So things like that that I advocate for. And then just the treatments that I've come across. I've been a, a staunch mental health, traumatic brain injury advocate, and I always preface it with things can happen in different arenas because I've talked with veterans, I've talked with domestic abuse survivors. I've talked with football players, um, uh, cheerleaders, right. uh, you know, um, swimming, people that swim and, and hit their heads during practice because the pool's populated. So there's equestrian. I mean, there's a, a bunch of different arenas. And I always just speak from the context of if you're suffering, there's things that you can do. And um, those things don't always include medicine. Uh, they can because it does help. Um, but they can also include things like float tanks or self-deprivation tanks, hyperbaric chamber, cranial sacral, which is a technique to, to decompress the brain, uh, and also supplementation regimens. And really, that's where WeSANA was founded, because up until three years ago, I was still suffering. If you see the right. before and after pictures, I was uh, a complete shell of myself. I wasn't able to put thoughts, words, conversations together. And it was deteriorating pretty quickly. It was a very scary time in my life. And, mm -hmm. and then I took an invitation to go to a decriminalized city and use the active ingredient uh, in magic mushrooms, which is psilocybin, to recover my brain health. And it happened in, a, in about a 60-day period. And I've now been on that regiment for almost three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I've never been um, a healthier version of myself or higher operating. And uh, just making sure that, you know, once you find something that you can create something 
like WeSANA, which can go through the proper regulatory scientific rigor with the FDA to create a new medication for people because I believe that people need a diagnosis and then they need a prescription um, that doesn't necessarily take them six months to get acclimated to like the current SSRIs and antidepressants we have on the market. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. When they sent the bio over to me about certain things they wanted to talk about, when I hear the word psychedelic assisted therapy, I'm going old school. I hear the word LSD when I hear psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Are we talking about that or are we talking about uh, CBD or what are we talking about when you talk about the assisted therapy? Because you yeah, talk about so the it's a, it's a combination that mm-hmm. I've taken, mm-hmm. uh, both hallucinogenic and mm-hmm. non-hallucinogenic. So yes, when sir. you're doing the larger doses of psilocybin, you definitely want to have a person there that that's guiding you. So that's what they speak about in the context of psychedelic assisted psychotherapy Mm -hmm. and psychotherapy works. We know that. And when you add in something like psilocybin or MDMA, that's going to be coming online there and it's in phase three for PTSD survivors with the FDA right now, you are basically in a lot of these substances um, looking at the trauma, meeting the trauma head on. So in the context of, addiction, you are figuring out and you will be shown why you are addicted to a certain substance or why you're suffering from PTSD. You have to relive that trauma in order to come out of that ceremony um, feeling a little less weight. So then when in real life you have something that triggers you and triggers that trauma, you have a less emotional response to it, effectively not needing the alcohol or the other substances that you would normally need to numb that down. So uh, it's a really efficacious way of, of dealing with mental health symptoms and it's um, successful over 67% of the time, unlike what we have on the market now, that works around 17 to 30% of the time. Well, as I'm talking to Daniel Casillo in regards to um, the Wasana Health, a two-time champion. That's right, Stanley Cup and uh, Chicago Blackhawks. He's a champion there. Now he's trying to champion a cause that's out there trying to make a difference with with the brain, traumatic brain injury, you know. And we can talk about this car accidents. We can talk about it's a lot of different ways. Uh, I, I, like, a, like a knucklehead, I tell you, I, I, I got a hickey right here, Daniel, mm-hmm. where I was underneath the cabinet, forgot the top cabinet was up and raised up automatically. And, bro, I saw, if I, I saw stars, I saw I could, I could touch them. And so these type of injuries, you know, we kind of like blow them off, but people have died from these type of injuries, you know, sudden impact on your brain. So we cannot trivialize what you're talking about in any situation, especially when you involve your kid in physical sports, whether it's, uh, you know, like I said, whether, you know, we look at it, we look at we look at wrestling, we look at football, we look at uh, hockey, but it also happens in basketball because the physical contact, the elbows to the face, you know, sudden going and elevating in the air, you fall, hit your head on the floor. There's so many ways that kids and young people are walking away. I just want to let you know, man, you look fantastic. You're very articulate. And to say that you were a state several years ago where you were a shell of a man today, my brother, you are outstanding, man. I am, I am a, uh, I am a walking testimony to hear you. That I want to send me whatever you got to send to me to promote what you're doing. Because if this what it can get you from, from a shell to 
getting control of your life, being articulate, having a smile, brand awareness, social awareness. Let's get that message out there. Wasana, where you at, man? That's that's my new Wakanda, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate the kind words. And it's um yeah, it's been a it's been a long journey. Mm-hmm. I feel I've always felt that there's a larger purpose to life than you know, essentially pushing a puck around, you know, yes, it was kind mm-hmm. of always, uh, I have a mind that was always kind of looking for other things, even mm-hmm. though I was in my career. And, um, I feel like, you know, you get tested and this is, uh, not necessarily another test, but uh, really a culmination of, of everything that I've done in my life up to this point, uh, to help mitigate suffering, whether it's in the traumatic brain injury context or whether it's outside of it, because, these medicines have the potential to help activate the brain, uh, help flush out, you know, inflammation uh, from from damaged parts of the brain, stimulate the brain, mm-hmm. essentially uh, making us uh, feel better, mm-hmm. more creative, mm-hmm. better access to language and mm-hmm. and memory. Mm-hmm. And it's um, yeah, it's just a really exciting time. So I appreciate you having me on your platform to to talk about this. Well, I appreciate you because first of all, knowledge is power. And when you have knowledge and you're able to share with people who may not be aware, I think it's even more credible experience. The fact that you've taken a brilliant career, 10 years in any sport, especially at the level you played, to walk away with two championships and then to be on my interview and be able to articulate the next phase of your life. This is the one that I always tell people, anything in life, you know, athletics is a short phase of your life. The other phase of your life, that 50 plus period. What are you doing now? You have a plan, my friend, Daniel, and I am, uh, I, I want to champion it. And I'm, I'm very serious. Whatever you do, I want to kind of like, you know, if you can give me something that we can par down to, uh, the information so I can put it under my social media, put it on my newsletter and things like that on my LinkedIn account, I definitely want to assist you in uh, spreading the word. Okay. Of course. No, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll definitely send over some information. Thank you. I want to thank him for coming on my show two times, Stanley Cup champion. He, was, uh, he won it when I was in Chicago, okay? So I, I, I feel like I got a little ownership for this man's relationship. Again, no thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Daniel. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me, man. If you want to see this interview or hear this interview on Money Making Conversations Masterclass, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>